All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome into a January 4th edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. Tyler Remchuk, Scott Burnside, Mike McKenna coming to you live from what is actually a pretty jam-packed media room at the Park MGM out in Las Vegas. The NHL.com writers are having a blast, even though it is incredibly early for Vegas time. And uh, Mike McKenna, you must have known we were going to have a live studio audience because you brought up the wardrobe a couple of notches. Well, I did. You know, we actually have some action that's going to be on the ice today. And if I'm going to walk into an NHL building, it's not going to be in a polo. I had to bring the, you know, I got my cufflinks on and everything. So, (laughs) I mean, Scotty, usually he's the fashion, he's the trendsetter. So I've been trying to keep up with the big guy next to me here. And well, it, it is difficult. And of course, Mike's coming off uh, now. I don't know whether technically the all-star performance in celebrity uh, ball hockey yesterday, but oh, you're looking man. pretty good for a guy who faced a lot of hard oh, rubber red let me, balls. Let me stretch it out here, man. I, I tell you, that was one of the longest showers I've taken. I had to, had to loosen up. Uh, we are ready to go. We got 30 minutes of straight hockey talk to bring you. So let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and start with this. Yes, there will be hockey on the ice tonight in the form of the skills competition. But something that will happen before that, Commissioner Gary Bettman. And we'll speak to the media. And the big question, there's a lot of answers to this one as well, is what is something that Gary Bettman needs to answer to in his press conversation? I'll start with you, Scott. Yeah, no, and I think you're absolutely right, Tyler. There's a lot of topics that have come up recently. And, and I think back to Gary Bettman's address two years ago in St. Louis, at the last NHL All-Star game just before the start of the pandemic, and you know, broke some news about some of the league initiatives. So I don't know whether we'll hear maybe about some of the new things that the NHL is hoping to do either on or off the ice, but lots of news, right? There's a news recently that the Arizona Coyotes are looking at moving in temporarily 
temporarily, although three years seems like more than temporarily, into the ASU, Arizona State University, multi-use facility starting next fall. Um, uh, capacity there somewhere between 3,500 and 5,000. Man, I don't know how that's going to play with the NHLPA. I don't know how it plays with the rest of the NHL owners, but I'm sure Gary Benton will be asked about that. And I'm sure he'll be asked about Rocky Wirtz's comments Absolutely. earlier this week at a town hall meeting in Chicago that ended in, quite frankly, disaster for Rocky Wirtz and the entire Blackhawks organization. I'm sure he'll be asked about that. Um, revenue, how the postponements of the games and then the rescheduling, the Titanic task that was, what does that have in terms of an impact on revenue moving forward? I'm sure Gary will give us uh, an update on potential salary cap changes over the next two or three years based on what we've seen happen to the league this year. Well, and I think the when you look at this, you're always trying to find the things to data mine out that could be interesting for them to hear about. And unfortunately, a lot of those are the negative side. You know, we've talked about Rocky Words in Arizona and the players are looking at Arizona and thinking, what are we doing? Here? Is this real 3,500 fans? And is this a layover? What's going to happen? I think it needs to be very clearly communicated by Gary Bettman that there's a plan here. Yep. And this is not just another layover because that's been like it for too long in Arizona. There's just too many muddy waters. They don't know what's going on. But I think more than anything, I want to hear about the positive of the sport from them. I want to hear why this sport is something that people should be vested in, why companies should be, should be investing in the sport, why revenue should be drawing higher and higher. That's all really important to hear. You need to get the stuff out of the way that's at the forefront, but you also need to know why you need to be positive about the NHL. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's a good point as well. Like when we hear this, you know, commissioner state of the union kind of thing, we we automatically jump to the negatives. And, and you touched on a few of them, right? The Blackhawk situation, the Coyote situation, even up in Calgary where they're trying to get a new arena and that deal fell apart in a hurry yeah. and the league's been pretty quiet on that front. But the positives are something I think you can hit on as well for me. And obviously this comes from me, but betting as well. The deal yeah. with MGM that was extended. What's the league's approach going to be to betting? We've heard some stuff come out of the National Football League over the last week or so about, you know, potentially coaches being paid for losses and things like that. And I think as soon as people here talk about betting, they automatically go to game fixing and things like sure. that. And, and what's the league's, do they have a baseline plan for how to deal with things like that? But in terms of the state of the league on a bigger picture, what are some things, Mike, that maybe you've noticed over the last year or so that that you like or things that you want to see the league keep doing? Well, I think the product on the ice right now is as good as it's ever been. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in terms of the entertainment value, the skill level of the players, I'm, I'm frankly, I'm glad that I'm not playing any longer because I know <laughs> I look really bad out there. I mean, players have all had accessibility to personalized training now from the time they're 10, 12 years old. When they come in the league, you see how fast they skate, what they can do with the puck, the level of creativity that's been on display, not just by Trevor Zegras. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> I understand he's driving the boat here and we're going to see him in the skills competition this evening. But the creativity is through the roof. The goaltenders are better than they've ever been before. So the product on the ice, I love it. Things I would like to see some addressed. I do think that there can be work in player protection. There's still headshots that I don't like. I'd still like to see more protection of the puck carrier. So that's a, that's a little thing that I think could be there. And I'd also like to see hockey on TV in the United States more than two nights a week. And I know TNT is going to take a bit of time here, Scott. They're going to have another, uh, an expanded They're role expand moving it, forward. Yeah. But during the regular season, I'd sure like to see a weekend game, maybe a midday game. Those ones to me really speak to the soul of the fan of the NHL. Scott, yourself? Yeah, no, I, and uh, you touched on it, Mike. I, I think the, the the switch from the longtime relationship with NBC, NBC Sports Network, which it always gives me pause now when I pass by it and it's 
doesn't mm-hmm. even exist on the uh, bandwidth uh, anymore. But I've, I've really enjoyed the TNT broadcast. It, to me, it's just been so much fun. And my sense of, you know, the important relationship with ESPN and TNT and TNT is really about reaching deeper into the fan base, right? It's not just the hardcore fan. Uh, I watch Rick Tockett and those guys and, and oh. Paul Bissonnette and having so much fun on their broadcast. Gretzky's and I'm with you, Greg. I know Wayne yeah, has Wayne been Gretzky's outstanding. Been, you, you can tap into him. Yes. The comedic side, all of it. I, I, I enjoy the different uh, figures that uh, personalities that ESPN has brought to it. And I think that's only going to get better and better. And I do think that's important for the fan base, you know, growing the the connection to you know that casual fan i know we've been talking about casual fans in the nhl for years now but i do think those broadcast relationships are important and once you get through this first year with both of them i think that we're going to see um i just think that it has the chance to grow exponentially moving forward Something I would love to see as we wrap up this topic, a red zone style event on Saturdays. Think, you know, from puck drop of those games at seven o'clock Eastern on, you get a power play in this game. We're flashing there. We're getting every goal scored or something like that. Um, Plenty of ways to go. Something we'll also probably hear about today with Gary Bettman is the World Cup of Hockey, which is coming up in 2024. That was a report from Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic. Uh, Scott, I'll start with you. The idea that this tournament could be coming back but coming back in a mid-season format similar to an Olympic break almost. Do you like that? Yeah, no, I do. And I know that there is as soon as the decision not to go to Beijing, which I, I think completely made sense given the COVID situation and the, the games that had to be re scheduled totally makes sense but now you're looking at four years before the next olympics you're looking at um you know eight years between a true best on best tournament to not having been in south korea uh, four years ago uh, i think that there was a real drive on both sides both from the nhlpa side and from the league side to try and accelerate the process of having a best on best tournament of course that option is the world cup of hockey we saw that last in 2016 my issue of course is it's it's a tournament that has, it has not been cared for properly. Let's yeah. be honest, right? They, I covered the um, 04 World Cup of Hockey, which bled instantly into what would be a, uh, an entire season loss to a lockout. Uh, the 16 competition in Toronto, I think there were lots of things that were really impressive about it. I like the idea of being in one city. I think the players really like that to cut down on travel. But you can't, if you're going to have a true best on best, it has to be Olympic style. You can't have made up teams like the Young Guns and Team Europe. Sorry, that was fun. But if you want legitimacy and you want players to care about it, you have to treat it with the the respect that it deserves. And that means having nation teams there. It means having a, a strong field. It means having, play, you know, a, a round robin. I'd love to see them go back to best two out of three for the final. Back epic 1996 World Cup of Hockey won by the U.S. over a, a Titanic Canadian uh, squad. So I think it's impressive and I think it's hopeful that we're having this kind of discussion and that we could see it as soon as, um, you know, February of 2024. I think it would be great. Yeah. You know, I think the key to this is that there just hasn't been the best on best for so long now. You know, I've missed out on two Olympics, um, one of them that just didn't happen for whatever reason with political things that are happening in the world and we couldn't get everything together. We're going to send the players. We're not. And then you finally get the CBA worked out as a player and you're thinking we're going. Yeah. And then COVID hits and throws it all sideways. And I think this really just satisfies player demand more than anything. The players want this. They want to play. And Hey, there's a little financial kickback to it as well. Sure. I mean, I didn't play in the world cup in 2016. I got a little check from it. (laughs) I like that a lot, but that's not the driving factor. Players want the opportunity to do something outside of their teams, Mm -hmm. to play for their country, to put that jersey on. Yep. And if you can't do it from the Olympics, 
if you can control it in house like this, mm-hmm. I mean, this would be very much NHL driven. Yep. I mean, in conjunction, IIHF would be involved, but I think that makes a big difference. The players want it. And I think the fans would get on board with it, especially like you say, Scott, treat it properly. Yeah. Have eight teams, make it a proper tournament with a final that's two out of three. I think that's a great plan. Yeah, I think you do need to take it legitimately. And I think there is a bigger buy-in coming up for this one in potentially 2024 than there would have been just because the players were so close to getting that best-on-best tournament that they wanted this year and they had it ripped away at the last second. Uh, Let's move on. We're going to finish up All-Star Weekend and then the second half of the season is going to come and it's going to be quick. Like I was joking, the first half of the season felt like an entire season with all the COVID cancellations, how long it's taken just to get teams to the halfway point. A bunch of teams aren't even technically there yet. It is going to be a sprint to the finish. So the question is, which team is facing the most pressure in the second half to perform? Mike, I'll start with you. Well, I think we got to look regular season first, because obviously if you don't make the playoffs, everything is different. But no one has more pressure in the NHL than the Edmonton Oilers right now. With the lineup they have and taking the big swing at bringing in Evander Kane, the Oilers absolutely have to make the playoffs. They're currently sitting out of a wild card spot right now. Now they have played better of late. Yep. And I think there's still some work to do for Ken Holland there to make his team viable come playoff time. But they have absolutely no choice but to make playoffs or that is going to be a they'll be blown up in Edmonton (laughs) if that doesn't happen. And but then once you get to playoffs, I think you you can flip the script here a little bit. You know, Mm -hmm. Toronto, I mean, you just can't keep losing in the first round when you have that club. And I, I think that the Maple Leafs have crushing pressure on them that if they can get past the first round, get to the second It'll be a huge weight off their shoulders. I think there's a ton of pressure there. I'm not sure if it's as much on management in Toronto like it is in Edmonton, mm-hmm. but the players in Toronto are certainly going to feel it come playoff time. Yeah, like I, I think Edmonton, you're right. If they miss the playoffs and it's another year with that generational duo where they don't reach expectations, there's going to be big changes. And you're right, if Toronto doesn't win a playoff round, like there's no race in the East. Toronto's obviously getting in. Right. It doesn't matter. If they go up against Tampa Bay, Florida, I don't even care. They need to win that first round or else there'll be big changes there as well. For me, I eye up a team like Winnipeg, who I know Blake Wheeler said, you know, we're a young group, but I look at that roster and I go, you've been there a while. Shifley's been there a while. Ehlers has been there a while. Stastny. Yeah, like that's a team where you, I, I think the clock might be ticking just a little bit on that aging core and you wonder if there could be changes there. Scott, your pick for the team facing the most pressure. I follow the Western Conference model here. As you mentioned, uh, Tyler, yeah. there is no race in the East and that, it's all about the playoffs as far as those Eastern Conference teams. But, you know, a team I know pretty well, Dallas Stars, um, you know, very difficult season last year with their COVID outbreak and following up a trip to the final mm-hmm. in the bubble. And uh, they just, they lack the consistency um, that I think is important for all quality teams. They're 8-12-1 on the road. They're 23rd in the NHL and 5-on-5 five five goals. Um, there's just so much, some nights you're like, okay, now I get it. This is, this yeah. is a team that has a chance. And there are lots of teams in the West because it is so murky playoff picture that a couple of weeks of strong play and you're back in it. Mm-hmm. But Jim Neal, the GM there, he's got some issues to deal with. Joe Pavelski, who's here, what a great leader. End of contract coming up for him. We already know about John Klingberg and his level of dissatisfaction and, and, and really probably not a future for him in Dallas, given how that team is built and their salary structure. Well, if you're not in, so what is Jim Neal doing with those assets? Both those players, to me, would be absolutely outstanding ads at the trade deadline. But boy, right now, they look like they should be a seller, but they have the potential to be a buyer or at least to stand pat. Exactly. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the stars sort of define themselves one way or the other coming out of the all-star break. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Because you even look, we had that graphic up there where it's like Haskinen, 
hints robertson and you're like you can oh, yeah. see the next core Ottinger between the pipes it's, yeah it's there. it's coming in dallas do they use this as a chance to get those guys playoff experience and do you buy or do you use this as a chance to move on from guys like pavelski and klingberg and get some assets to hopefully you know maybe kickstart not a rebuild but a retooling out yeah. in dallas can you even get something for alexander radula yeah. there's a lot of pieces there there's mm-hmm. a lot to play with in dallas yeah there definitely is even a guy like Braden holpe could be on the block uh let's get to the reason we're here it's all-star weekend so let's dig a little bit deeper into that Yes, you heard the doorbell ding. It is inside the all-star break brought to you by our friends over at DoorDash. Coming next week, we got a promo code for you. So listeners of the show will have a little bit of something there. Uh, First one, skills competition coming up tonight. It's a simple one, guys. What event are you looking forward to the most, Mike? Well, I love accuracy shooting. You know, (laughs) I spent hours on end in my basement as a kid shooting pucks against a concrete wall and yeah. i had a net painted on the wall six by four with red because you know why we kept breaking the nets my dad would make them out of pvc they'd smash so we finally just painted it on the wall and that's what i did for hours on end as a kid paid off a little bit um and there's other ones that are obviously really exciting i think mm-hmm. they've done a good job of incorporating vegas into some of the skills competitions being out in the bellagio yep. uh, fountains and shutting down the strip playing blackjack shooting pucks at the at the cards, but I just love accuracy shooting, seeing them in the old days when we blow up the styrofoam before love we go friendly. Um, I, I think that's just a, an amazing test of skill. And, and especially in today's game, we should yeah. really be seeing players go four for four out of that. I'm curious to see who's going to hit those targets. Yeah. I like Sebastian Ajo to win that uh, competition. Uh, just, yeah. uh, uh, and, and I'm, I'm with you. I like that. I like the traditional, uh, accuracy shooting a little old school. I, you know, for me, the, the fastest skater, I think there are eight skaters who are involved. I, I will tell you, I talked to someone, uh, involved with a team who, players are a bit afraid of the fastest skater competition because they don't want to be embarrassed. Oh, and because yeah. Connor McDavid is so bloody fast that I know players are like, yeah, I'd like to do something else, any other competition other than that. But I'll tell you the guy that I think has a chance to really give um, Connor McDavid a run for his money. Kyle Connor from Winnipeg. Yeah, I, I think one of the fastest guys with the puck in the NHL. Always a delight to watch him play. I'm curious to see whether he can you know, maybe nip uh, Connor McDavid. But uh, I'm looking forward to fastest skater. I think Chris Kreider's got a shot there too. Yes, Isn't good point. Good, I mean, Dylan Larkin's yeah. in it. This is a really good group and fastest skater this year. It yeah. is. And you guys even mentioned Kale McCarr. I mean, he's eyeing up to be the first yeah, defenseman no to win skater. it since, yeah, uh, yeah, right. since Scott yeah. Niedermeyer, I believe. <laughs> Um, but you got McCarr. Dylan Larkin's won it before. We haven't even touched on him. Like that's why the fastest skaters got my attention. You just have so many players that you think you could win. And then the Connor McDavid element on top of all of it as well. And the guy who we always just assume is the fastest skater. I also like your point. Fastest guy with the puck. They should have to carry a puck. I agree. Wouldn't that be better? Right. Um, all right. Next one I got here. The format. They've gone with this three on three divisional style thing for a few years, but we've seen a bunch of different looks in the past. Think of the fantasy draft. Think of when it was just the traditional East versus West. But Scott, what's been your favorite iteration of the All Star Game? All right, and now I, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention this, but I was I did not see it myself. I'm I may be old, but I'm not that old. But you remember back in the day, if you've read about it, the Stanley Cup champs used to play a team of NHL All-Stars. That was the way the All-Star game, if I understand it, really came to happen. So best of the best or the best of the rest in the NHL. I would love to see if we're going to continue these small games or whatever. I would love to see the defending Stanley Cup champs get their own team. So if we're playing three on three, uh, incorporate 
the Tampa Bay Lightning into the tournament. They get a team, and then you pick your rest of your teams from the rest of the players okay. in the NHL. I would like to see that. Let's get, let's give a nod to the, the the Stanley Cup champs. Little retro look to things. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Less creative thinking. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I actually never thought about that. And I, I you've touched on the on ice aspect, and I, I look back to 2011 and the draft that took place. Oh yes, it's basically the fantasy draft, and yeah. the players were allowed to choose. And when Phil Kessel went last overall, and it went down to Paul Stastny, Phil yep. Kessel, 2011. That was Kessel, in Ottawa. Yes, Kessel wins the Honda CRV hybrid yeah, yeah. in 2011, and. It wasn't any better theater than that. No, I mean, not. everybody's watching this and the players are all giggling and, and Phil is a great sport about it. Yeah. I thought that was really compelling television and, and I thought it just made it fun. Yeah. You know, that was something mm -hmm. I wanted to watch because I felt like for once the NHL really put the players personality yeah. on stage. They let them make the they let them carve each other on stage. Yep. I thought it was fantastic. Might have been a few cocktails involved yeah. in the process. Well, remember the Ovechkin one, right? Me. When he was like, don't pick me. Don't pick me because he, <laughs> he wanted the he car. He wanted the car. He had a charity yeah. gig. Yeah, no, it was outstanding. But yeah, I'd love to see them bring back the fantasy draft and mix it with this format now. Think of it like fans vote in four captains. And those four captains are picking their three on three teams, kind of like it's street hockey with your it's friends, right? Active like yeah. that with the fans. Yeah. Let, them, let them have ownership of this. I also think you don't need to do the same thing every year. Like why one year, let's say it goes up to Toronto one year. Why not have one team just be the all-stars that are born in Ontario? Sure. And you have a team Ontario versus a couple other. You can mix it up every year and get creative with it. It doesn't really have to be the same thing year in, year out. But I do like the three-on-three -three format. I think it highlights the skill of these players that come in, whereas a five-on-five -five game where no one's really playing defense. No one's really playing physical. Like it can feel bogged down at times. Uh, but the game goes tomorrow. All-Star Game MVP. We're going to flash up the last few winners here. The one name that will stick out is one of our colleagues, the Drop in the Gloves podcast, John Scott down there. But Wayne Simmons, Brock Besser, Sidney Crosby, David Pasternak. Mike, your All-Star Game MVP pick for this year. Well, Scott, you mentioned earlier. I'm going Kyle Connor. Nice. Good I, call. I, just, I love watching this guy play. I, I think the things that you mentioned previously... When he has the puck on his stick, the way he drives the wing during five-on-five five play, he's able to find lanes that play other players can't. When you expand that out to three-on-three, three, there's so much room to skate. And, and that's what his greatest strength is on top of the release that he has. And I don't know. I think, I think he's somebody that could be really kind of break out at this event. I think Kyle Connor is really under the radar in the NHL. National is the same way in Carolina. I think people don't realize how good these mm -hmm. players are because they haven't been on the big national stage, especially in the United States for Winnipeg. So I'd like to see Kyle, Kyle Connor. Obviously there's other picks available, but Scott, I'm interested for you. What do you got? Well, I'm going to go with the late hometown ad. I'm going to go with Jonathan March. So, and uh, there's a guy again, not unlike Kyle Connor, really thrives in that three-on-three -three environment. Uh, High-end skill, really good uh, wheels, and uh, both distributes the puck and shoots very well. So, I'm looking for Jonathan March. So, when you know, sometimes, you know, the at the end of the day, hometown guy, he may get a little shading to you know towards the glory, and when it comes down to the voting. So uh, that's the way I'm going to go for uh, for that. Jonathan March is a little favoritism. Are you, are you accusing? I, I, we don't have time, but I once okay. voted on uh, All Star MVP and was ridiculed for my vote. It's, it's a very un unpleasant experience to vote for All Star MVP. <laughs> trust me. Well, John Scott's not coming out of retirement. <laughs> no, that's true. No, not. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with a young guy that you saw Brock Besser up there. That was a year where he kind of came out of nowhere to win it. A guy who's having a great year. What about Jack Hughes in the Central Division? Highly skilled, can score a ton of goals, can maybe score a couple of flashy ones as well that'll get the crowd's mm -hmm. attention if there's an element of a fan vote in this year's MVP pick as well. But that's going to be a wrap on Inside All-Star Weekend delivered by DoorDash.
All right, let's get into our daily face-off inbox question. Hashtag ask DFO. I didn't even tell you guys I was doing this one, but we're in <laughs> no, Vegas. No, we're having some fun. Uh, you get the roulette wheel coming that's here. It, we that's see right. what comes and, out. And, and, a chance. And, and there you go. Th- that's the question. We're in Vegas. I mean, there's a casino 20 steps from wherever you are. What's your game of choice, Mike McKenna? Well, I'm not a gambler. Okay. I will preface that. But <laughs> when I played here with the Las Vegas Wranglers 2005 to 7, right out of my college career at St. Lawrence, I was trying to find something to do in the casino that might be fun. Mm-hmm. And of course I went for the thing that had the best odds. And I was reading about it and I found out, well, craps, if you play the pass line, that's the best odds in the house. I'm like, that's perfect for me. You know? <laughs> so I did that. And I remember the first day I played, I think I went for an hour and a half yeah, yeah. and I won $17 <laughs> and I walked out of that casino like a king. I was so I was entertained for an hour and a half. Yeah. I had a blast. Uh, you know, I'm rolling the dice and the table's heating up and I won the big 17 bucks and I got a Subway sandwich walking out of there, man. It was, it was a great day. So I don't gamble often, but that is one that I, I've enjoyed in the past. Yeah. And it's just fun when the table heats up. Oh yeah. I, I just wish I'd known you then, Mike. And I wish I'd <laughs> been at that table. I'll tell you, it would have been more than $17 by the end of it, but uh, I too enjoy the craps. I love the social yeah. aspect yeah. of it. And uh, yeah, no, I'm um, blowing I'm, on the dice, yeah, chucking them down, there. man. Like it's, it's fun. There yeah. really only is ever one table that gets loud like that. And it is a craps table. You never That's really right. hear a roulette wheel going nuts with like 20 <laughs> people around it, but the craps no. table will get good. Uh, speaking of betting, let's get into our daily bet segment brought to you by our friends over at points bet. Again, no hockey to bet on tonight. So we'll take a look at some futures odds and I'm going with the awards race, starting with the Hart Trophy, where Connor McDavid is actually still a pretty big favorite for this award, coming in at plus 190. Alex Ovechkin right behind him, plus 300. Then you got Dreisaitl and Huberto. And the interesting part for me is Ovechkin at plus 300. Enjoyed a really strong start to the season. His team kind of cooled off a little bit. But when we did our midseason awards over at Daily Faceoff, Connor McDavid only had two of the 11 first place votes. And it was Alex Ovechkin who was voted the MVP at the halfway point by our group of writers. So that's an area where if you're looking for someone who's maybe not as close to even money like McDavid and you want to get some value, I think Ovechkin is, has a terrific chance to do that. Frank Saravalli also voted for Nazem Kadri to win that award, and he's way, way down there, not even in the top five. So that's an interesting one. The second award I want to take a look at is the Calder Trophy, where it really does feel like three guys have kind of cemented themselves as the favorites. In fact, all three of Zegris, Raymond, and Cider got first place votes in our daily face-off mid-season awards. Cider at plus 500, but Zegris at plus 150. I think this is where the value is. I think this guy can keep heating up. Plus 150 is not a great payout, but if I was betting on one of these, I think Zegris has the clout factor to win this thing, and that'll get him a few extra awards as well. But uh, I don't remember for the two of you, wh- who did you guys pick for your Calder Trophy win in the in the awards? I had uh, more at Cider, and, uh, and I like it just because uh, it's harder for defensemen, young defensemen, to make the kind of impact that Cider has in, mm-hmm. in Detroit. And I know... Uh, you know, there's a, it, the problem for the Red Wings, I think, probably is going to be the, the fear of the split vote because they have two or three options there, frankly. Yeah. Uh, even the Djalkovic is uh, still technically a rookie. So, um, But I had Cider at number one. Mm-hmm. I had Cider as well. And that's for the reasons you mentioned, a 20-year-old defenseman in the league who's playing first first power play, first over the boards in every situation, yeah. eating up ice time. He's really a beast. Impressive. And I had Jonathan Huberto as my heart. So both of my picks, if you want to go with what I think may happen at least midway <laughs> through the year, Got some value on those points, but yeah, no kidding. Uh, let's wrap up the show with a little bit of garbage time, and we're uh, handing things off to you today, Mike. Well, I I look at this All Star event, and I already mentioned accuracy shooting is what I'm looking forward to. 
And that's because my absolute favorite event in the world only has four people involved in it this year. And it's hardest shooter. There's nothing that makes people get on their feet like the hardest shot competition. <laughs> nothing. And here we go. Pelic, Meyer, Hedman, Wilson. Who's excited about this? And this isn't to take away from these players. Okay. Phenomenal hockey players. But Victor Hedman's going to shoot one today. 104.7. He's going to win the thing. Everybody's going to go. Oh, great. It's only, it's like 12 shots. Like, yeah. Make this a competition amongst the entire NHL. Yeah. Put the pucks out. Get out the radar gun in every arena. Let's find out who the hardest shooter is in the NHL. Let's see who can crank one 109 or 110. Like, I want to see that. And only send four people. That's not enough for me. Yeah. I want to see, see everybody go. Send them all. See, even if you can only tee that thing up 80 miles an hour. Let's see it. And you, we were talking about the roar of a craps table, the roar of an arena. When someone hits that triple digits for the first yeah. time in the event, that's really good. And I agree. It should be like every team should have to do it and send representatives. Let's make this thing as good as you guys. Remember in the American Hockey League All-Star game a couple years ago, I think you wrote about Martin Furk. I, and yes. like, I was covering. I was doing color commentary yeah. at that event. And Martin Furk shot one 109.2 miles an hour. Who, really, who didn't guess that? Set the land speed record. You <laughs> know? Invite I mean, him to this competition. Exactly. Why not? You Why not? can beat him. I mean, you know, Zidane Ochara, there'd been talk of maybe yeah. bringing him in. Yeah. So I just think that that's something that really deserves a big pedestal. Well, this was a lot of fun, you guys. Yeah. Two shows live in person. Where can we convince Frank Saravalli to send us Whoa. next so he can do this? <laughs> again eh Miami let's go <laughs> yeah I like that one uh, thanks for tuning into our shows over the last couple of days we're not done with the content though we'll all be at the skills comp we'll all be at the all-star game as well so keep it locked on daily face off for all of your needs subscribe to our YouTube channel as well where we got some video content going up as well for Scott Burnside Mike McKenna everyone at daily face off thanks for tuning in we'll see you back on Monday thanks for watching the daily face off show make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.